CNN has announced the lineup for the second Democrat debate. After a thrilling on-air spectacle of a selection process watched by every single cameraman on the set, the cable channel revealed the results to the rest of us in a statement that said, quote, America is in crisis. A fascist dictator has taken over the White House, slaughtering everyone who dares to criticize his cruel reign so that we are forced to go into hiding by being on CNN where no one will see us. Because of this, we feel that the terms of the first debate were unacceptable, allowing the Democrat candidates to display their unworkable ideas, their cringingly fake personalities, and their radical hatred of the country they are asking to govern. Therefore, in the second debate, we are putting forward a lineup of imaginary Democrats who, unlike the real Democrats, might be able to defeat the evil monster who will not even allow us to say what we are saying right now so that we are not saying it even though it sounds like we are, and we are suffering terribly at his hands even though it looks as though we are standing in a comfortable studio in midtown Manhattan talking to an audience of six people whose connecting flight to Omaha has been delayed for two hours. Unquote. CNN then announced a lineup of five imaginary Democrats for the next debate. One, normal guy, a comfortingly ordinary presence who is able to make his radical plans to destroy our economy and culture sound like something harmless from the 1950s. Two, intelligent woman, an attractive presence who puts a reassuring veneer of femininity over her soulless ambition and bitter hatred of everything her country stands for. Three, non-threatening minority person, who manages to disguise his thirst for revenge under a series of patriotic-sounding platitudes. Four, bland collection of theoretically oppressed identities who offers Americans a chance to alleviate the sense of guilt he's been trying to impose on them for the last 50 years. And of course, five, Marion Williamson. Trigger warning. I'm Andrew Clavin, and this is The Andrew Clavin Show. I feel hunky-dunky, life is tickety-boo. Birds are winging, also singing, hunky-dunky-dee-dee. Ship-shaped, ipsy-topsy, the world is a bitty zing. It's a wonderful day, hurrah, hooray, it makes me want to sing. Oh, hurrah, hooray, oh, hooray, hurrah. All right, you know, conservatives like to complain about the culture by which they usually mean the movies and TV, which are, in fact, a nearly wholly-owned subsidiary of the American left which is to say of massive corporations that benefit from globalism, relativism, multiculturalism, idiot feminism, and anything else that expands their consumer and worker base without forcing them to recognize the values that make people free and that allowed the corporations to become gigantic, out-of-control monsters in the first place. But culture is also the little things we do every day, the way we treat one another, the things we feel we can say or can't say, the jokes we can and can't make, the options we can and can't express, the opinions, I'm sorry, we can and can't express. It's there that the left's hegemony over the means of communication in this country has become oppressive in ways media elites on both the right and the left simply do not understand. Most people don't have a massive media outlet through which they can express their opinions, makes them angry, but gives them joy. If they say or tweet or post or remark that men and women are different, or that there's high crime among black Americans, or that there's high violence in Islamic communities around the world, or that unbridled illegal immigration is great for the rich, but really bad for the poor. In other words, if they reveal that in spite of every leftist effort, they still know the difference between truth and falsehood, they risk everything. They can lose their jobs. Witness James Damore of Google. They can lose their businesses. They can get deplatformed from their favorite social media. They can get mobbed by their so-called friends on Facebook. They can even get attacked physically while the media essentially cheers the attackers on. 
This is why the very fact Trump doesn't always think before he speaks or tweets smells and sounds like freedom to so many people. And this is why elite communicators, certainly on the left, but also on the right, don't see it because they're not constrained and persecuted and oppressed like ordinary people are by the system of manners the left has created in order to control our opinions and our minds. It's not about race. It's about using charges of racism to silence us. It's not about virtue. It's about using hypocritical virtue signaling to silence us. It's not about Trump. It's about freedom from the shackles of silence. And that's what the next election is going to be about as well. We're going to talk about this more first Later on in the program, we will have Michael Knowles. And every time you see Michael Knowles, I know what you're thinking. You think, why didn't they use ZipRecruiter? ZipRecruiter is the best way to hire so you don't make terrible, terrible mistakes that you regret for the rest of your life, sometimes through sleepless nights, maybe even into eternity. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, and they don't stop there because they have powerful matching technology with which ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one, spotlights the top candidates, so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. All one word, ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. They don't talk about this, but, you know, if a candidate like Knowles comes along, they actually have a trap door that just opens up and he just vanishes. It's amazing, an amazing new technology. Just joking about that. Uh, all right. So let's let's start with this. Let's start with this. Kathy Zhu. Zhu, I think she pronounces it. Z-H-U. Kathy Zhu. She was crowned Miss Minute. Miss Michigan by the Miss World America Organization. And she has been stripped of her title. Now, you know, you whatever your opinion is of beauty contests, whether you like them, whether you don't like them, whether they're interesting to you or not, girls who go into beauty contests work extraordinarily hard, obviously. It's a, it's a big test. They have to look perfect. They have to act perfectly. They have to walk perfectly. Everything they do, they have to stay in shape. It is a lot of work. So you take away from someone, you take away somebody's crown, you're doing a big thing. And it, you know, it's the kind of thing, it'll be news for a day, it'll, be dis- it'll disappear. But in her life, this is a big deal that she is stripped of something that she earned. Why was she stripped of it? Well, first of all, she's a conservative activist. She's a University of Michigan senior and the social media director for the national group Chinese Americans for Trump. And she shared on social media an email she had received on Thursday. Oh, this is when she was... Uh, she was told that she could no longer be Miss Michigan because of some tweets she sent out. For instance, did you know the majority of black deaths, this is her tweet, did you know the majority of black deaths are caused by other blacks? Fix problems within your own community first before blaming others. Here's another one. There's a try a hijab on booth at my college campus. So you're telling me that it's now just a fashion accessory and not a religious thing, or are you just trying to get women used to being oppressed under Islam. These are perfectly valid opinions. You may disagree. You may not agree. You know, I I mean, it is true that uh, black violence uh, against other blacks does account for more deaths than white violence against blacks. It is true also that a hijab is a religious thing. When you say try on a hijab, you're not just saying, oh, here's a fashion accessory. You are uh, you are communicating an entire philosophy 
which if women find oppressive, you know, that's not a head scratcher for me. But still, I can see you disagree. But does she lead? But she loses her crown for this. She loses her crown for speaking her, her opinion. Here's her response to the people who supported her. Hey everyone, this is Kathy Zhu. I just want to say thank you so much for all your support. Um, it's been a heck of a two days, honestly. Uh, yesterday I was crying when I first saw the messages and emails um, from the organization, but today is a new day and today was amazing, honestly. Um, I'm so glad the story got brought into the public eye and the media because this is so much bigger than pageantry. This is about, you know, an organization discriminating against people with different opinions, um, calling people racist even when they're not. Just, just little attacks like those really, really um, diminishes the value and, and the truth of the word racism. So, um, you know, there shouldn't just be diversity of skin color. There should be diversity of thought, of mindset, of political affiliation. I'm so glad to be able to be the voice for this right now. And I hope that, you know, other pageant organizations could really learn from this story and um, the situation to not discriminate others based on opinions. Um, so don't worry, I'll still stand firm, stand my ground. Um, I'm still going to continue fighting for what I believe in. So yeah, thank you guys so much for the support once again. Okay, see you later. Well, shame on them, right? I mean, I mean, it was a beautiful girl, obviously extremely intelligent, uh, very articulate, knows exactly what she's saying. Plus, plus has the courage of her convictions. She has integrity. She has integrity. She, she could have said, she, they didn't even give her a chance, apparently. She, they didn't give her a chance to defend herself. But she could have out, come out and cry, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. You know, she could have tried to get back in their good graces. Instead, she stood firm. She has a picture of herself, Make America Great, in her MAGA hat. You know, that actually is the kind of woman who should be winning contests, right? That's the kind of woman, that's that's an American woman. That is somebody where we all sit back and say, yeah, you know, that, that's the kind of woman we want America to be made of, people who stand for what they stand for. She's not attacking anybody. She's not milkshaking anybody. She's not throwing anything at anyone. She's simply expressing her opinions. You don't like them, disagree. You know, it's an amazing thing how dis they, the left has managed to make disagreement a matter of hostility, that two people, I mean, look, I disagree with a lot of my friends, a lot of people I love, I disagree with, and we argue sometimes. Sometimes our voices go up when we argue, but it never it never changes anything. I mean, I remember once uh, that, that Ben and I got into a political argument, and I went home, and the God King, Jeremy, called me and said, you know, the people who were watching that argument were afraid that you guys were angry. And I said, angry? I was like, I'm not angry at all. You know, that's, we were just passionate about what we were talking about and debating. You know, that's part of being an American. It's part of being free. It's part of the to me, it's one of the joys of life to debate people of goodwill on things that you disagree with. I, I'm, I, at this very moment, have been talking to a lot of people who disagree with some of my points of view, and I've expanded my points of view on certain things that are very important to me about the culture. I'll talk about that another time, but that's because of debate. To silence a woman like that is shameful, and to take away her the thing that she worked for and earned is shameful. Let's do another one, okay? I just want to show you this is so pervasive. It's everywhere. Uh, here's Georgia State Legislator Erica Thomas, okay? She's pregnant, and she posts this uh, on, I guess this is, what is this, one of the Facebook things? I don't know. It's one of the, so, some social media. She posts this accusation. So, you know, I decided, I decided to go live because I'm very upset because people are getting really out of control with this, with this white privilege stuff. I'm at the grocery store 
and I'm in the 10 out, the out that says 10 items or less. Yes, I have 15 items, but I'm not much pregnant and I can't stand up for long. And this white man comes, this white man comes up to me and says, you lazy son of a bitch. He says, you lazy son of a bitch. You need to go back where you came from. Okay, so back where you came from, right? This is the tweet that uh, uh, that Trump sent out and he's been getting attacked for. And he kind of withdrew. He changed course. He corrected it. And then the people sh chanted, uh, send her back, send her back. And he said he didn't like that. But the, the chant did go on. He didn't react quickly enough. And, and so she's actually saying this. Now, this reminds me a lot of an incident that happened when Rudy Giuliani was cleaning up New York, making New York the great city it was until Bill de Blasio got to it and started to chip away at those things so that it's now falling apart. But they were calling him racist every day. There was an incident where the police apparently beat up a guy. And I think it was Al Sharpton. I don't want to say, I'm, I can't say that for sure. So don't, let's leave that out of it. But somebody said, oh yeah, the police were shouting, it's Giuliani time, which turned out to be completely untrue. Let's look at how the New York Times, a former newspaper, reported this, okay? The hate is real, quote unquote. Black Georgia lawmaker says she was berated at supermarkets. This is a pregnant woman. She's crying. It's, oh, they said this is getting out of control. Uh, Erica Thomas said a white man angry at how many items she had an express ring. Checkout told her, go back where you came from. The story then continues for 10 graphs, 10 paragraphs. I counted them. I may have miscounted a little, but it's right in there. Talking about the guy, his name is uh, Sparks. I think it's Eric Sparks. Is that right? Um, Eric Sparks. Okay. Tenth graph. Okay. Mr. Sparks, while she was talking, giving a press conference, Mr. Sparks went in to talk to the people in the supermarket. All right. Uh, he said the episode had started after he had decided to say something about the number of items in her cart on his way out the store. Mr. Sparks denied being racist, said he's Cuban, acknowledged that he had called Miss Thomas lazy, but said that had been the worst of his comments. This woman, Miss Thomas, is playing the victim for political purposes because she is a state legislator, he said. I'm a Democrat, and, and well, this is, again, 10th graph, and will vote Democrat for the rest of my life, so call me whatever you want to believe for her political purposes, make it black, white, brown, whatever. It's untrue. Uh, going on, we get down there and then asked by the television station if Miss Sparks had told her, go back where you came from. Miss Tom, uh, Thomas said, I don't want to say, he said, go back to your country or go back to where you came from. Now she, she's withdrawing it. But he was making those types of references is what I remember. So here she goes on social media. She says he said this thing, which relates to Trump, which right brings us back to Trump. It's, on, it's in the New York Times. The hate is real. That's the headline. Says she was berated at supermarket, told to go back where she came from. Tenth graph. It's now the 15th graph. She says he didn't say it. She basically withdraws the charge. And when he comes up, she won't even let him talk. Listen to this. But I am facing the man that degraded me and berated me, and I'm not crying. No, I'm not. I'm standing right in front of you. And if you know how you made me feel yesterday, if you know how you made back my daughter off, feel. Back off before I call the police. Call the police right now because back they off. are looking for you. I already talked to them. I already talked it's to okay. them. It's okay. I am so back happy off. that you're here. Am and I'm arrested? happy that everybody needs to see this man that did this to me, and he thinks that he gets a five minutes of fame, you think that you're gonna come up when you see police, when you see SB, SB 46, you think you're gonna come up here and get a spotlight? No, you're not. The only spot that you're gonna get is everybody needs to see the man that did this to a woman a that's nine months pregnant. Are you a state legislator? Thank you. Nobody is here for you. Are
amazing. She won't let him talk. She accuses him. He's defending himself against her dishonest claim, right? She lied. She lied. She admits that she lied. She went on crying. I'm pregnant and all this. And she lied. He comes in and she says, you just want your five minutes of fame while he's defending himself. And who has the power in this situation? The state legislator. She has the political power. She has the media power. She has everything. This guy is just a guy. She's the one who's taking him down. And this is being experienced. Look, I'll get back to this in a second, but this is being experienced by people all over the place. And it's ordinary people, right? It's the ordinary people, the people who don't have the access to the media, who do not have access to a microphone, who don't have access to a big show or something like this or some television outlet. They're the ones who get silenced and have no recourse. And, and it gets a lot worse, as I'll say. Rock auto. Rock Auto. There's so many different types of cars on the road. There's just no way the auto, auto parts store can stock everything. And, you know, people go to auto parts stores, stores because they think that the person there is going to know more than they do. Not always true. They're just looking in the computer, too. You can do that. So why wait in line to find the right part? It's probably overpriced anyway. You can do it all with the convenience of Rock Auto. Rock Auto. .com is a family business. They serve auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer because the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Amazing selection, low prices, rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Clavin in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. And, I, you know, I know you're saying, sure, 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 but how do we spell Clavin? Ha, 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 my friends. It's K-L-A-V-A-N. In Berkeley, always a reliable uh, bellwether of leftist stupidity, right? Manholes will now be known as maintenance holes, and craftsmen will be replaced by artisan after the Berkeley, California City Council voted unanimously, unanimously to revise the city's municipal code with gender-neutral language. Dozens of terms will be revised, and the pronouns they and them will replace he and she, according to the new ordinance, right? Uh the ordinance follows the city's decision to allow city employees to add their preferred pronoun to their name badge. There is power in language, Robinson says. This is a small move, but it matters. So there's power in language, so they, the government of Berkeley, are going to control it. There's power in language, so they, the government, are going to control it. Man-made will become human-made, while pregnant women will be referred to as pregnant employees, lest anyone should get the ideas that only women can get pregnant. We are not legislating how people talk to us, but our message is that we serve people regardless of their gender. We are forgetting what government services are all about. We are here to help and serve and be inclusive. And yes, Berkeley is a beacon of light in some dark times. Berkeley is nuts. I mean, this is nuts. Colorado State U. Colorado State University uh, claims that American is a non-inclusive word that should be avoided. Now, they, they made a correction to this, but CSU's online inclusive language guide uh, compiled by the school's Inclusive Communications Task Force, which is really, that's why you're in debt, because there's an, an Inclusive Communications Task Force at the university. They list certain words and phrases to avoid 
while providing replacements in an effort to help communicators practice inclusive language and help everyone on its campus feel welcomed, respected, and valued. The school's women and gender collaborative website directly links to the document. Now, CSU claims that they that this America thing, that America wasn't inclusive. Uh, they said American and America are non-inclusive words to avoid due to the fact that America encompasses more than just the U.S., uh, but they said that they took this down later, that that was an early version of it. But the university did list many gendered words and phrases to avoid, including male, female, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, long time no see was another one. I'm not sure why that one is uh, out, out there. Straight is a word to avoid. Uh, that when you describe the term straight implies that anyone LGBT is crooked or not normal, which of course it's not normal, but uh, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that anyway. Um According to the list, the phrase handicapped parking should also not be used because it can minimize personhood. War, cakewalk, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, Eskimo, freshman, hip, hip, hooray, hold down the fort, starving, and policemen were among other words and phrases deemed non-inclusive. Now, my point about this is that it's oppressive. It's getting, what are they doing in your head telling you what language to use? Language is powerful, and it's one of the things you do with it is express the way you feel. If you can tell me what pronoun to use, you can tell me what part of my perception of reality I am allowed to express. I do not think, I can never get it right whether a transgender man is a woman, or I, I, I do not think that a man who declares himself to be a woman, even if he gets operated on, I don't think he's a woman. I think he's something. I think he's got gender difficulties, whatever. I'm not attacking him. I'm not damning him. But I do insist on my right to describe reality as I see it. It is incredibly oppressive, and it is the worst kind of oppressive because it gets in your head. You know, when I hang out with people, I hang out with Knowles. Knowles has Italian ancestry. I make Italian jokes. Shapiro, I make Jewish jokes. They make jokes about me. We all make jokes. If you can't do that, you can include people. If you can't make fun and uh, kid around about the differences between you, how are you going to get off the steam, the tribal steam that uh, builds up in you if you have to suppress it? If when I talk to a black guy, I can't make black jokes, that's exclusive. That is excluding him from the, the fraternity of people who get together and rib each other, especially guys, especially guys do that. If I can't make occasional, you know, uh, sex, sex remarks without being cruel or gross or coarse, which just is a matter of manners, that's just a matter of good manners, then I'm excluding women. I mean, one of the reasons guys don't like to get uh, sit around with women and discuss things is because they can't be as rough with them as they are with each other. And that is one of the reasons women get excluded in business uh, meetings that are off off-site uh, when guys get together and smoke and drink and talk about things that maybe women don't want to hear about. I mean, this, these are the things you got to make your choices. You got to call, you take, you pay your money and you take your, uh, your seat. Uh, in Canada, a Brazilian immigrant living in Canada was forced to close her small business after refusing to wax the male genitals of transgender LGBT activist Jessica Yanov, who was formerly Jonathan Yanov. Okay, that's in Canada, but we know it happens here because of the Masterpiece Cake Shop where the guy refused to cater a gay wedding because it was against his religion. All right, why am I talking about all these stories? I want to put into context the coverage of Donald Trump. Okay, I want you to understand why we have this divide in the way people in the media, both right and left, because the people on the on the right clutch their pearls at Donald Trump. And Donald Trump can be a coarse, rude guy. I have scored him on this again and again. I wish he weren't. I wish he could do what he did, what he's done without being so. But I don't believe he could. 
I do not believe that one other Republican could have beat Hillary Clinton. And people say to me all the time, oh, well, you know, P- uh, Trump won because Hillary Clinton couldn't bring the vote out because she was a bad candidate. I agree. I also think she would have beaten Ted Cruz. I think she would have beaten Jeb Bush. I think she would have slaughtered all the other Republicans, even with low turnout, because they would have had even lower turnout. You see the passion that Trump inspires. You see the passion in his followers that Trump inspires. And part of it, part of it is that he breaks these chains. Let's take a look a little bit. You know, first of all, just by the way, over the weekend, two of the things they could have been covering is they could have been covering how well Trump has handled the Iran uh, provocations, Iran trying to start a war so they can get Europe to help them out with the uh, sanctions that Trump has imposed on them. They could have been talking about the fact that people are rioting against the governor of Puerto Rico. They've now forced him to say, they haven't forced him to resign, which is what they want, but they forced him to say he won't run again because of the corruption that Trump was complaining about back when the hurricane, remember the hurricane came out and it was Trump didn't like brown people because the money and the help wasn't getting to uh, the Puerto Rican people. And Trump said, no, it's that the island is corrupt. Stuff is disappearing. We can't get through. They don't have roads. And they're, oh, evil, racist Trump. Turns out the people in Puerto Rico are agreeing with Trump. They could be covering all the things he's been right about that they said at the time were racist or evil or whatever they say about Donald Trump. But instead, they're going over and over and over this, uh, um, you know, send her back thing. But I want to play Brian Stelter, especially Brian Stelter, uh, talking about uh, how the media should cover this and also how they should cover Trump's supporters. We need to show that it's all part of a pattern. This pattern can be traced back to 1989, when Trump wanted the Central Park Five executed. The five black and Hispanic teenagers were later exonerated. Now flash forward two decades, Trump promoted the lie that President Obama was not born in the United States, a lie that many right-wing voters still say they believe. As recently as November 2017, advisors told the New York Times that Trump still questions the authenticity of Obama's birth certificate. Look, those portions of the president's track record on race are very well known. Uh, His line about Mexican rapists from his campaign launch event, his call for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the U.S., his smear of a, quote, Mexican federal judge who was born in Indiana, his s-hole country's insult, and of course the shameful event now just known shorthand as Charlottesville, which is the tarnishing the name of a great city. In the wake of his go-back attack, I did see some networks and news outlets bringing back some of this, trying to connect the dots. Now, here's the wonderful thing about this, okay? Stelter, surrounded by other people who agree with, who think exactly like he does, he thinks this is an indictment of Donald Trump. He thinks this is an indictment of Donald Trump. And again, I'm conceding that Trump talks in this big, sometimes grotesque way. He's Donald Trump. He's he's almost exactly like Donald Trump. It's almost exactly as if he were Donald Trump, okay? But the things that he says, the assumption that those things, any of those things he said are racist is purely a left-wing assumption. In other words, they are setting the rules that he is violating. And they're not just setting them for him. They're setting them for you in your life, in your community, whether you're in Berkeley or you're in Georgia, wherever you are, they are setting the rules for what you're allowed to think and say without being called, without stepping on that uh, mine, that explosion that goes, boom, racism, right? 
the Central Park Five. The Central Park Five were not exonerated. The Central Park Five, it turned out, were not among the uh, actual rapists of the girl, but the girl was beaten senseless. They were plausibly accused of a million things that happened that night in Central Park. That was just It was just a travesty, an absolute crime. I don't think of them as victims. I, I truly do not. I do not feel they were ever, uh, they, were ever they were never charged uh, with rape. They were charged with being part of this uh, riot that went on. The birth certificate. The birth certificate is only racist because they say it is. The birth, you know, Obama used his birth certificate to troll the right, and it worked. And Trump trolled him back. The, birth, the whole birth certificate issue was about the fact that Obama did not act like a typical American president. He was not pro-American. He didn't believe in American exceptionalism. He believed that he was above us all and he was just a citizen of the world, that he had landed like from outer space and he was just a citizen of the world. The fact that only in America could he have been elected president just didn't seem to land on, on his consciousness at all. That's what that was about. But they define it as being about racism, and then it becomes part of this indictment. Uh, the Mexican rapist, this is a problem. Criminals, when you don't have any border security, which is what the left wants, Criminals come in, and he said there some of them are good people, but they're not sending us our best. It's not the best people who break our laws. Uh, you know, on and on, and that Charlottesville one. The Charlottesville one is the worst because that is a hoax that the media has never, ever acknowledged. They have never acknowledged the fact that when Trump said there are good people on both sides, he was clearly, clearly from the transcripts talking about the people arguing about uh, the Robert E. Lee statues and renaming parks, not the Nazis whom he condemned. It's it's their hoax, and they just continue it and just assume that what they said was real. And by the way, I think Brian Stelter believes it because he, why should he? Who who around him would tell him nay? Who around him? What what powerful person at CNN voted for Trump? None. And if they did, they wouldn't say so because they'd be afraid of being fired. And that's why this this fight between Stephen Miller. Uh, Trump's aide and speechwriter, and Chris Wallace was so affecting to me because Chris Wallace himself is caught up in this idea that the left, it's the left that makes the rules about what's racist and what's not racist. And, and I don't think Trump is a racist. Here's, uh, I just want the one about racist. This is uh, a number six. I think the term racist, Chris, has become a label that is too often deployed by the left, Democrats in this country, simply to try to silence and punish and suppress people they disagree with, speech that they don't want to hear. The reality is that this president has been a president for all Americans, whether you look at historically low black unemployment rates, historically low Hispanic unemployment rates, or if you look at what he's doing on immigration to protect safety, security, rising wages for all American citizens. But when he questioned, and let's say there's a, there's a long record here, when he questioned whether or not Barack Obama was an American citizen, when he said the people in his announcement that the Mexico is sending to this country are not their best, they're rapists, they're drug dealers, and some are good people, when he called for a total and complete shutdown of the Muslim ban, something I know you were very involved in, that's not protecting the American people, that is playing the race card. I couldn't disagree more. You know, the thing is, it's the same indictment. They've all got the same indictment because they're all in the same uh, pot. And they do not go out and talk to people and say, say to them, you know, you can't say what you, what you want to say. You can't express yourself without tripping over that tripwire, without stepping on that mind that explodes and says racism and maybe ruins your life and maybe loses your business and maybe uh, loses you all your friends and maybe just gets you attacked uh, by some legislator who's going to scream in your face in front of the media and humiliate you. 
all of those things. That is why the people like Trump. That's why it's not because they're racist. And I don't think he's racist. I don't think, you know, I, I mean, I just I just don't think he is. I think he's done so much. Uh, the, his policies have worked for everybody. So what's racist about him? They don't see it. And, and I, I'm not I don't know what Chris Wallace's politics are. I think he does a good job. But I, I do not understand why they cannot understand. They can't break free of this cloud of unknowing that they live in, where they, the left sets the rules, and if you break the rules, your life is over. And they don't understand why anybody wants to break out of that and maybe says something that sounds racist along the way. Maybe so. But that, you know, there are worse crimes than that. I mean, there are worse crimes like actually being a racist, like the people at the New York Times who are actual racists in the articles they write. But I just want to end this by playing this piece on MSNBC, and I rarely play MSNBC to accuse them of being biased because they're not biased. They're a left-wing station, and that at least is honest, as opposed to the New York Times, as opposed to CNN, as opposed to NBC. But MSNBC is openly openly left-wing. But here they are just talking about this, a little little montage from our friends at Newsbusters. And I just want to make the point is the target is not Trump. The target is you. And the, Trump is not speaking for Trump. Trump is speaking for you. But this did not begin with Trump's presidency. This is the president the Republican Party created for the past few decades. But long before Trump came in office, you had white supremacists roaming the halls of Congress. This isn't even the first time a white supremacist has occupied the White House. This is not a strategic issue. It is a national security issue. It is a moral issue. It is an ethical issue. And to the degree that we allow Trump to make this about policy, when the reality is, look, we know he just hates four brown women. These are sort of modern day lynchings. These, you know, Republicans would have been mad about these four women regardless of what they said and did. We have to understand that this is not strategic, it's moral, and it has to be looked at that way. But Donald Trump really has revealed something, which is not just the racism, that's the stuff he's been doing. That is white nationalism, is it not? To say this is a white country, and if you're not white, you're not really American. Like, you're not really French if you're from North Africa. You live in France, but you're not French. That's what we've always criticized about the way that Europe used to operate. Yeah, I think this is something that um, his supporters, and we have to start calling his supporters supporters racist as well. They're calling, it's, it's everybody. Everybody who votes for Trump, you're all racist. And the problem we face, and this is, people mishear me when I say this. They think this is an attack. The problem we face is that if Trump loses, the only reason Trump would lose in 2020 when he's been doing such a, an excellent job with the economy, with uh, war and peace, with, with uh, judge appo- judicial appointments, the only reason he would lose is because of his brash, annoying, uh, boorish, rude style, right? But it's the brash, annoying, boorish, rude style that he was selected for because it breaks these mental chains that are on people that don't have the power and the bully pulpit that he has. That's why I think only one party is going to survive the next election. They may still call themselves Democrat and Republican, but they won't be the same because if the Democrats lose, they're going to have to say, they're going to have to say, oh, how did we lose to Donald Trump? We lost because we're such anti-American leftists. We're going to have to change that. But on the right, if they lose, if the, if Trump loses the election in 2020, the right is going to become a kind of gelded European Tory party that's on the left, the right side of leftism because the one weapon they have to break these mental chains, Donald Trump failed because he was Donald Trump in the same way he succeeded because he was Donald Trump. That's why I support him uh, all the way, even though I too recoil sometimes at the things he says. All right, we got Michael Knowles coming up, so run for your lives. But if you want, come over to dailywire.com because I got to say goodbye to Facebook and YouTube. Come to dailywire.com and subscribe. You get all kinds of things. I'll send you my shirt, uh, anything, anything. Just give me your money, please.
Knowles. Long time no see. Good to see you, pal. How are you doing? <laughs> all right. So you're bringing a story that I don't understand at all, yep. all right? <laughs> like, this is about a guy named ASAP, where the S is a dollar sign, mm-hmm. right? ASAP something. ASAP Rocky. ASAP Rocky. Yes. He's like our friend Nick Searcy. He wears the dollar sign kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. He's a real maven of popular culture. Uh, so a rapper, I'm guessing? Yes. Okay. Well, you know, you know nothing about this. In no. the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. So let me explain to you about ASAP Rocky. Please. It's re- and really what we're talking about is President Trump's tweet about ASAP Rocky, okay. which is the most popular tweet he's ever sent. Ever? Like by a lot. Oh, you're, you're by kidding. By like 40 or 50% in terms of likes and retweets. Wow. Yes, I, yeah. I, I, except on Drudge, I hadn't heard a thing about this. Yeah. Well, it's so strange. <laughs> yeah. CNN, NBC, ABC, uh, New York Times. Yeah. <laughs> I sometimes wonder if dead loved ones came back to life, how I would explain to them what they missed. <laughs> President Trump, everything going on in our culture. President Trump fighting for ASAP Rocky. Fighting for, and this is how I would explain to them what they missed. I would read them this tweet from President Donald Trump. Quote, just spoke to Kanye West about his friend ASAP Rocky's incarceration. I will be calling the very talented Prime Minister of Sweden to see what we can do about helping ASAP Rocky. So many people would like to see this quickly resolved. Okay, so, 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 so yeah, yeah, what, what do they call Kanye? Yeah, Yeezy. Yeezy calls the president. Yes. And for ASAP Rocky, who's in Dollar prison, Sweden? He's in jail in is he, Sweden. Is he Swedish? Ye- no, he's definitely not Swedish. <laughs> okay. He was on he, tour there. So ASAP, uh, ASAP Rocky. I'm afraid Rocky. to ask. Yeah, but yeah. by the way, you yeah. might also, the reason you yeah. might not have heard of him is he, you might only know him by his producer name, which is Lord Flacco. Oh, of course. So Lord you Flacco. know Lord Flacco. No. Right. <laughs> he uh, was giving a concert in Sweden. Sweden. And then afterward, it, what it seemed, I mean, who, who really knows, right? Okay. There's an investigation. But what it seems like is some group of guys, uh, and one in particular, was harassing Rocky okay. and his entourage and kind of assaulted them, maybe with some headphones and hit one of them on the head. Here's what one of the bodyguards said. He hit me with the headphones, cut me on my head. I could really beat the S out of him. I don't even know him. He's following us. Tell him to leave us alone. And then Rocky said, quote, we don't want to fight you. We don't want problems with these boys. They keep following us. Uh, we don't know these guys. We didn't want trouble. They followed us for four blocks. The U.S. ambassador to Sweden, Mark Brzezinski, suggested that uh, the government should get involved because he thinks that racism may have been a cause of this. So in other words, this, these guys followed him, harassed him, and Ace, did they get in a fight eventually? Yeah, eventually so, okay, so ASAP they mixed... turns on him. They beat the guy up. Okay. And now he's being held in this Swedish... But not the other guy. Not the guy but who not the other guy. Though. No, okay. no yeah. charges against him. At least who's who's white, maybe? I believe he's white. <laughs> as far as I know, those Swedes aren't uh, the swarthiest of, people. Yeah. So, so that that's the context of this. Now, I mean, I who, who cares about the actual? It, it does seem like ASAP Rocky got the short end of the stick here. Yeah, it does seem like he really okay. should get out of here. But that's sort of secondary to the question of the tweet. Got two hundred nine thousand retweets. It got seven hundred twenty nine thousand likes. Wow. I mean, wow. It, Trump's biggest tweets tend to get two fifty thousand likes. I mean, yeah. this was multiples higher than that. His most popular tweets of 2018, they got about 61,000 retweets and between 190 and 280,000 likes. And, and the, these were the tweets. Five wanted leaders of ISIS captured. Very simple. 
Another one was a meme of Trump as Game of Thrones, and it said sanctions are coming. <laughs> Another one was crazy Joe Biden is trying to act like a tough guy. Actually, he is weak both mentally and physically, and yet he threatens me for the second time, crying all the way. Don't threaten people, Joe. You've got all of these. And then the other one. It sounds a lot like Donald Trump. It's got it? a very yeah. Trumpian vibe. <laughs> yeah. The most popular one, as far as I can tell, 2018, got 542,000 likes. And it was, there were actually two that got about the same number of likes. One was him saying, why would Kim Jong-un insult me by calling me old when I would never call him short and fat? That, I love that I try one. so that hard was, to be his friend. That was great Trump. It yeah. was an amazing <laughs> yeah. tweet. Yeah. And then the other one was a meme of Trump body slamming CNN I in a WWE yeah. match. Yeah. What do these all have in common? They're all cultural. Yeah. They're not about he's, healthcare he's, policy. He's a, he's a cultural figure. He's a yeah. cultural figure. And so Trump knows this. He knows yeah. how successful this was. He sent a follow-up tweet to this. He said, just had a very good call with the Swedish PM. He assured me ASAP Rocky will be treated fairly. I, I assured him ASAP was not a flight risk. Like, why do I care about it? <laughs> he, I, I got a, after he sent these, I got a text from a very famous social media guru friend of mine. I won't say his name because he said something nice about Trump, but <laughs> use your powers of deduction. Right. He said, this is exactly what Trump needs to be doing. He said, this is exactly like Trump is so much more connected to the popular culture than any anyone else. Mm. He's got Certainly to anyone on the right, that's for sure. Certainly than anyone on the right, yeah. and frankly, anyone on the left. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Obama's as connected to, I don't think Kanye calls Obama all the time, and yeah. I don't think Obama would have called the Prime Minister he, of Sweden. He, he calls me from time to time. He calls, yeah, every so often, <laughs> you know, that's right. I mean, what what we're seeing here, because you and I don't know who ASAP Rocky is. No idea. Everyone no. else does. Everyone else does. But every, we don't. So everyone else but us knows who ASAP Rock is. Yeah. This is not like some of How many Kanye West songs have you ever listened to? Uh, um, Half of <laughs> one minute yeah, of just, just to find out who he was, I listened to one. That's of right. Yeah. But we're the outliers. Right. right? It's something right. I always have to remember. In, in politics, we who pay attention to politics are the outliers. Yeah. Most people don't pay very close attention to politics. This reminds me of, of Reagan, actually. Mm. I mean, Reagan was the last president that we had connected to pop culture. But even in Reagan's case, he was hanging around with Sinatra and Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. He was hanging around with the stars old, of the last, earlier the era. Last generation, yeah. Trump is hanging around with the current biggest stars in the you, world. You know, the other thing is there's a lady online named Monique Worthy, and she put out a, a video tweet, and she's black, and she said, you know, Trump doesn't need us. He won with the white vote. Right. Right. And yet he always pays attention to us, which I just thought, you know, that's actually a really good point. You know, that he, he really does. You know, I, I do. He is this kind of New York guy. Yeah. New York guys, they do say, you know, they'll say offbeat things. They'll say things that maybe aren't politically correct. But we, you, you're a New York guy. I'm that's a New York right. guy. You know everybody. You know, you're, you, you know everybody. Yeah. You're, it's a, you know, New York, unlike L.A. Unlike L.A., yes. Right. L.A., you get in your car, you drive to where right. you're going, you get out. You never see another human being. Right. New York, you're on the street, you're on the subway, you're just around people all the time. Yep. It it just, it makes you like people more. It makes you a It little, makes you polite, too, because mm -hmm. you think, like, you know, I want to be treated well. You want to be treated, you know, That's it's a right. tough city, it's hot, it's crowded. You want to be nice to people because otherwise it yeah. causes trouble. And yeah. this this is the, the kind of Breitbart slogan in action, I think. I think that's what we're seeing here. We're seeing Trump coming out of coming out of New York, coming out of being surrounded by people, growing up on construction sites, even yeah. though he had a silver spoon, and working in these very people fields, right? TV, politics, yeah. real estate, and and the culture. So so while most people don't pay attention to yeah. politics, most people do pay attention to pop culture. Right now, a lot of artists are boycotting Sweden. Nobody, we don't know that. Because, but because of this? Because of ASAP wow, Rocky. Wow, really so they're interesting. Yeah. I mean, this is a huge issue to a lot of people. 
I love Ted Cruz. Yeah. Would President Ted Cruz no, be? No, no, no. no. Is, you, know, you know my favorite Trump moment, seriously, my yeah. favorite Trump moment of all was the moment when the Marine's hat blew off. Mm-hmm. And without thinking, clearly without a beat, he went and got it back and gave it back to the, and put it back on the Marine's head. President of the United States, yep. you know. I just thought, like, somewhere in that guy's mind, he's just a guy. <laughs> That's right. And that is, a, that is a beautiful thing. What are you talking about on your show? So today on my show, I'm going to yeah. be talking about uh, AOC's new challenger from New York. I'm going to be talking about how the Democrats became the party of Jesse Smollett. And I want to, I actually, on this point, I want to address the, on, I'll do it on the show too. Yeah. I want to address how all the brilliant talking heads, they always knock Trump for he doesn't know what he's doing. He's focusing on stupid things. Politics is the art of inclusion. Politics is the art of popularity. He got this most popular thing. They knock him for, for watching too much cable news. Yeah. They knock him because he doesn't go to enough AEI lunch, luncheons <laughs> with scholars. Yeah. He, they knock him for watching Fox and Friends as his advisors. Guess which gives you a better pulse on politics? I, Maybe this guy has some idea what he's doing. You know, this is the thing. Uh, I, I, I'm reading uh, Molly Hemingway's uh, book, Justice on Trial, about yeah. the Kavanaugh thing. And whenever somebody does really honest reporting, Trump comes across as a guy who's actually on top of what he's doing. He actually, he's not just blustering around. That's right. All right, I got to stop. I wanted to have, oh, go ahead. No, no. <laughs> I'll see you later for a drink, maybe a stogie. I'm there, right. I'm there. I'm there. Uh, even, even besides your Italian heritage, which I was making fun of on the show. I was, <laughs> just because, because we can, that's why. Because we're conservatives, we can say anything we want. <laughs> All right. uh, one quick final reflection about the movies, you know. I, I, I am just so sick of this uh, political, politically correct recasting of, uh, of established icons like James Bond and people telling us, oh, it should be a black woman, or oh, it should be gay, or oh, this superhero should be gay, this superhero should be white or black, or whatever, whatever. Because the whole thing is that we're supposed to not react. That's the thing. We're supposed to not react. And here's my reaction. My reaction is when the people in Hollywood stop sleeping with little girls and little boys, then they can tell me about my morality. Then they can tell me about, they can lecture me about morality. It's just intrusive to have you constantly in my face about what I should do instead of tell me a story. Tell me a story. Show me a bad guy. Show me a good guy. Get me to the end of the story. Be entertaining and shut the hell up. And that's what I have to say. And I'll be back tomorrow to say more, even more offensive. If I can, if I can think of anything more offensive, it will be on tomorrow's show. I'm Andrew Claven. This is the Andrew Claven Show. The Andrew Claven Show is produced by Austin Stevens and directed by Mike Joyner. Executive producer Jeremy Boring. Senior producer Jonathan Hay. And our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Edited by Adam Saevitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Cormina. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Alvera. Animations are by Cynthia Angulo. And our production assistant is Nick Sheehan. The Andrew Claven Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2019. Today on The Ben Shapiro Show, Democrats go back to defending Al Franken. The media continue to push Republicans to declare President Trump a racist and Iran escalates. That's today on The Ben Shapiro Show.